Good morning, Faith Fellowship. It is good to see you this morning, all of your lovely faces. Man, uh, if you didn't come to the Fall Fest, man, you missed it. So it was really special for me. You guys know that I haven't been here uh, in five years. I'm in Tampa. The last five years I've been there. So to be back in at MBT and cooking hot dogs with the guys, man, that was that was an absolute blast. But then when I looked out and I, I just asked a couple of people, I'm like, is it always this full? And uh, they were like, well, it's a, it's a little heavy. So thank you for coming out for me. And I appreciate it. No, just kidding. <laughs> but no, it was great. It was great, man. And just the guys being over there on the grill. Of course, you know, there is a lot of um, fellowship that can happen at a grill. And uh, so, yeah, it was really good. I, I pray that we have some good fruit from that. Maybe some of you know friends and family that you invited uh, to come to that and they had a good time. But yeah, we have some business to take care of. And that's going to be Acts chapter 27. If you haven't been following with us, well, we have been making a journey uh, through this incredible book, which is a historical document, a doctrinal document, and really a document that we can use to apply to our lives. And we're watching Paul. Um, really kind of come to an end, at least in terms of the narrative. Now, there is going to be an extension of that. Uh, we'll kind of talk about the next time that we're together in Acts chapter uh, 28, because you don't really see the end of his life mentioned there, but it is something that is uh, documented and historians have, have recorded that for our, um, our benefit. And so, but in 27 now, we have our title here is The Journey. Uh, for those of you that haven't been with us, we have been talking about really this trial that led up to where we are. So now this is the, the tumultuous boat trip that's gonna take place in order for Paul to get from Caesarea to Rome. Uh, like we have said in times past, Paul really should have been in Rome anyways. Uh, not in Jerusalem. His detour to Jerusalem caused a lot of issues that led to him being on trial uh, most of the time that he's been or in prison. So he's been having to defend his faith, defend his position for his countrymen, uh, and then be in bonds. And just all of that that has taken place there and just the, the challenges with that being whipped at times, things like that. And so that is. Um, you know, not something necessarily as believers today that we would say we find issue with, right? We understand persecution is a part of our, of our faith, but this is something that he basically introduced for himself and, uh, and probably did not really fully consider what it was that was facing him, even though the Holy Spirit gave him warning. And, uh, and so here we are uh, kind of in this difficult place. So now, a decision has been made to move him uh, to Rome. And I was thinking about this a little bit. Have you ever, or do you have kids, or maybe you were that kid that ever said, are we there yet? I mean, a little bit for, for my love of uh, Paul, and I want to be there yet in the end of his being in bonds and would love to see him freed and being able to do what he loves to do, which is, man, share the gospel and, and go out and plant new churches. But I think a little bit, we can have this same kind of feeling in our life. Are we there yet? Like you're in something difficult and you're just like, man, I'm ready for this to be over with. And the thing that I want to try to provoke in you today is actually to step back and expand your view. So while we have been looking at a lot of detail in terms of a trial and him being on physical trial remember it's like law and order you know if you could i, I wish i had the little bell <laughs> right when i said it and, but it's kind of been like that for him right he's been having to defend and do those things and what i want to suggest to you this morning is is really acts 27 is a microcosm for his entire life it has these elements and detail to it that have just really looked at the whole scope 
of what his ministry has been. And I wonder if you actually step back and realize that you're on a journey, not just in a trial. Because if I just have a viewpoint that says I'm in a trial, then man, how I handle that, I'm going to be more susceptible to mishandling it because I don't really step back enough to go like, man, I'm on a journey. And as long as I have breath, I'm on that journey. And until I'm dead, I have to continue. See, that's the thing that we need to take away from this is that your life is a journey, not just a trial after trial. There's something to that. It had a start. It will have an end when you're dead. It's not over for you now, despite what you may be dealing with. Now, I wanted to, you guys that love to do that. Oh, man, I was worried about that. Um, it's fuzzy to me. That's probably because my glasses are dirty. But uh, <laughs> if you guys can see that, take a picture of that. This pretty much maps out Paul's travel. Uh, at this point. And so you can see where Rome is all the way over here in these boats. We're not talking about speed boats and cigarette boats like you see down in Florida. Mm -mm. <laughs> no, very slow boats. Not even the speed by which pirate boats technology. Okay, so just think, it's challenging. We started here. Okay, and so you can kind of just see how this is. And so the first half of this is going to kind of play for us like that uh, when we kind of look at it. It's just an itinerary of what's happening. There are some kind of important things that, that are taking place there we'll talk about, but you know, this is, this is that. And so I think this would be good for your learning. Take a picture of that, um, make a notation of that. Uh, what I, you know what I want to do here, because we have a lot to cover, is we better pray. <laughs> and so uh, let's pray so that God will get all out what he wants to say to you and me this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, I do just pray that you would just remove me. Lord, help my, my stumbling lips. Um, Lord, there's a lot of just things that you kind of just keep firing at me. Uh, about this. And, and Lord, I do pray that we would just take a step back and look at the whole journey of our lives and just how you stopped us on our track and set us on a new path. And you intend for us to go from A to B. And, uh, and so, Lord, help us to do that. Uh, you are faithful. We are not. Uh, we don't see things the way you do. We don't always agree with you. And yet, that Lord, that leads to a lot of uh, challenge and trouble for us. And so, Father, help us to just rightly uh, uh, discern uh, the wisdom that can come from your word. And so, Lord, be with us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. You know, if we we're talking about Paul, we could say this kind of, at times it may have felt to him like someone else had hijacked his journey. We could say of the Jews in Jerusalem. Uh, remember, he intended to go there and he thought, well, I'm gonna just you know, do what I do, drop off this gift that I have for the church there, uh, live in faith Jerusalem and, and on my way. That's not what happened. <laughs> what about... Festus or Agrippa, you know, all of these individuals played a part in that. And sometimes, again, it's like you have the same thing. You have the same opportunity where individuals can kind of, kind of get in the way or be, you know, I don't know, kind of an accessory to your own foolishness. But it's just one of those things that you can kind of lose sight of what it is that you're trying to do because you get so focused on one thing. And man, I think we need to have a journey view versus a, a trial only view. Like I'm just trying to get over whatever difficulty I'm in. No, come on, that doesn't live, that's not victory. What victory is in that? It's really just temporary because you know there's another hurdle waiting for you. And so, our key points are going to be this this morning. 
take a picture here. We got biblical journeys will include death. It's kind of an interesting uh, piece you'll see. But one thing here that's kind of odd, but noted because the Lord cares about his word and is very precise about where he places things. Biblical journeys will include encouragement. You have to have that. If you're going to actually do what it is that God has called you to do and be led by the spirit, you're going to need encouragement. This is why he left the Holy Spirit, the word, and his people. And the one thing that I just sometimes want to consider is, do you use them as the Lord intended for you to use all of them? Or do you just try to Rambo Christian yourself to death and that doesn't work? And then you get frustrated and you leave for a period. Biblical journeys will include trouble. We've, I don't, that horse uh, is definitely beat to death. We know that every pulpit in this building and in the one across the street has said that. But it still is necessary for a reminder. And if you notice, it is the longest section. Is <laughs> the, the trial that comes. Biblical journeys will include forward progress. Listen, there is something about the Lord you absolutely have to understand is he will win period. And notice I didn't say in the end. He will win now. So the best thing for his children to do is get on board with his pattern of victory. And lastly, biblical journeys will include checkpoints of which there is something in discussion with Pastor James and and Chris, uh, that we want to make note of in terms of our adoration, that is important for us to do. But I would say even beyond what we're going to do as a class over the next two weeks in preparation of that adoration, it's something that you need to revisit now. Perhaps you have a little bit of a what have you done for me lately, Lord, attitude. And that needs to change. The things that have happened, the fact that you even have breath or you're here of what Miss Mary said today, happy to be here. That is giving praise to the Lord because she knows that could have not happened any number of ways, right? And that's not to say you don't feel the same way. Now, you don't all of a sudden have to all start screaming out, I'm glad I'm here too. <laughs> but it is, again, something where you can maybe be looking at the lives of others and you kind of just like, why don't I get blessed like that? Please cease that thought process. The Lord has checkpoints in your life as well. And so, man, let's get into it. We got a lot. So, you know, we're going to read it as we go instead of reading the whole thing all in one shot. The first thing here, biblical journeys will include death, verses one and two, is already right out the gate. In verse one, it says, and when it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of August Ban, and entering into a ship of, boy, now be with me here, <laughs> Adramitium, we launched meaning to sail by the coast of Asia, one Aristarchus, a Macedonia of Thessalonica being with us. And when you see us, that includes Luke, just so you understand that. Now, the, the, the thing that I want you to just pay attention to is that word into a ship of Adramitium, that word means I shall abide in death. Maybe pick a different boat, <laughs> right? Now, in your head, you could, you know, you could think whatever you want to think, but it did help me to remind me of something that my journey started with Christ's death. And so it's very interesting that this journey, remember, if we, if we kind of look at this chapter as a microcosm for all of 
what Paul has been dealing with over the course of it, it started with Christ's death. And this is a place that we absolutely would want to abide in. In Romans 6, 3, it says, Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. In newness of life. Does that expire? I mean, the thing, listen, I think a little bit as this trial has ended for Paul and now we're transitioning into I'm getting on the ship. There is some comfort for him that this is moving forward. I'm actually getting to Rome. This is a newness for him to be able to do the thing that the Lord had said and it's going to happen. But now just think in a way, in terms of how we can look at this uh, um, uh, inspirationally, is man, are you excited about the newness by which the Lord gives you breath every day? It's like clockwork, you wake up. When my grandmother passed away, she traveled and went, somewhere for that day. I don't know. I think she had a school event or something like that. And she came home, sat in her chair, took a nap, did not wake up from. So when I saw her face, it was very peaceful. And, I, and, and so a little bit, again, you just think these things are automatic, but there is a newness of life by which God's children should be walking in that we lack. And we're and there's just kind of like this cloak of sadness and grumpiness and all that, that we just, we will put that back on. Man, there has to be relief that I don't have to be talking again of why it is that I don't deserve to be in bonds. I'm getting on a ship. I don't care what it's called, where it's from, <laughs> let's go. Man, that's Paul. That's Paul. See, the is, is I want to also remind you of something else and just thinking that I shall abide in death is your will include sacrifice of some sort on a daily level. Your life will include sacrifice of some sort. Listen, that is the answer to frustration most times is that you take the high road, which is to not let it bother you. I'm just telling you, that boss, that spouse, that child is going to work on your nerves. Maybe Fox or CNN. Let it go. Let it go. Romans 8.36, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. Look, did you realize that the you prepped you to be able to die daily? Did you ever think about it like that? I was pondering on that. I was just like, wow, Lord, help me. Because I need to hold my end of, of the bargain, which means that I'm ready and I'm available. And I, if there's an altar that I can fall on, get on it. Nay, and all these things, though. Guys, listen to me very carefully. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. See, the thing is, is yes, I want you to remember that you are fit for an altar to just lay down and let the Lord have your day. Let the Lord have your mouth, your thoughts, your actions. Very much, I want you to think that. But listen, that's only going to be a reality for you if you understand that you are a conqueror as a result of your sacrifice, you have to rise up and show your strength, lower yourself, humble yourself. This is a good spot for Paul to be in. We have seen his mouth be a little too flippant at times. And still, even here, I would say, because that's not my character, I'm Paul and I are not alike in that way. He sometimes is a little too bold with his words. I'm not. I didn't give my mom a lot of trouble. Paul probably did. 
He just comes off as that kind of dude. And so, man, listen, do you feel the power by which it is that you abiding in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection has brought you victory? That you are victorious. This, not later, now. Present tense. Your journey will include death. Be ready for it. Just lay down. Be a prime rib. Just lay down. Prime ribs don't talk back. They just sizzle. <laughs> Maybe we need some sizzlers this morning. <laughs> Verse three. Biblical journeys will include encouragement. Did you notice that it says being with us in verse two, and it mentions Aristarchus. And I told you that also would include Luke because this he's pinning this. Now, why is that? If you think about it, uh, they didn't arrest Luke. So these cats are so crazy. They love Paul so much. They're like, hey, um, throw us into because we want to be with this guy. And of course, the, the jailers are like, sure, we don't care. <laughs> Knock himself out. Listen, God gave us the body for encouragement. Ephesians 4.16 says this, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted that which every joint supplieth. Do you know that the Lord intends for you to be fitly joined and then compacted with us? See, this is why uh, often in church, we will say things like you missed it. If you missed some, you know, mission focus or all church retreat or even yesterday, you know, it's because we're trying to stoke in you that that longing. That's just like, man, I want to be with the body, that Bible study, same way, man, you missed it. Bible, man, Bible study in the, on the guy's side. The last two weeks, these cats, man, it's been incredible. I mean, we've been having a fantastic time. Which, fellas, we will be having tomorrow. Adoration starts Tuesday. So be in Bible study tomorrow. <laughs> okay. And so um, I think God gave Paul, Luke, and Aristarchus, and then the brother and Sidon and his word. And so that in his word later on, we're going to see that. But let's look at that in verse three. It says, and the next day we touched at Sidon and Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go unto his friends to refresh himself. Saints, how do you feel when you come to church? Do you leave refreshed? Do you come expecting to be refreshed by God's word and God's people? I know it is, I love whatever combination that I see because thankfully we have a class full of people that are mature and they serve the church. And so that's why I say the combination could be different. I don't see everybody every Sunday because some of you are information or security or kid town or whatever, right? And man, any combination, it fills my heart to just be able to see you. I love it. That's why I like to greet you, hug you if I can, get in these little side conversations, risk being late. Let's not be late to service, okay? <laughs> okay, it's hard. KCBT was really bad. The lobby ministry was live and direct. If you hadn't seen it, you could get in trouble out there, boy, and be locked out. You'd never be in service. And so that can happen just in this little walkway. Now, praise God for Kansas City. You will get your hips in that building in a couple months because that wind will tell you to, right? So make sure that you do that. But man, it's good. I love y'all. I just like seeing you. And I don't care if you got heavy things to tell me or good things to tell me. I just like seeing you. I am crazy like that. And what kind of comfort would it have given Paul to have his two guys with him? What kind of dialogue was taking place that somebody in earshot was hearing and maybe considering the Lord themselves? Like, that's the beauty of that. Man, you're on a journey. Stop just looking at your trial. Step out for a moment and just step back and go, man, praise God for where I was even six months ago. It's different. 
And if it's not, that's a problem. God gives himself for encouragement, obviously his word. It just simply says this in Galatians, y'all. <laughs> now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. Do you feel like that this morning? Do you even remember that? That's a striking statement. We are the children of promise. Not whatever your last name is. The children of promise. So there's an intention by being called that, that the Lord is saying, I have promises for you. And I mean to bring those things to pass. If they haven't yet already, you are the child of a promise. Man, this trial is not the end of you. And this particular is not the end of Paul either. Next one. Biblical journeys will include trouble. And obviously, we will get a chance to just kind of read through this in, in great detail. It is the bulk of what we see. Things look to be going well. We're getting refreshed. See, the Lord knows before we have challenges of just sometimes um, coming to church is like getting to home plate in baseball. You, you on third at work you on third at home. And sometimes just getting here on Sunday is like safe. I'm here now. Pastor Sam, tell me what it is that God told you to say. And man, I'm, I'm, he got the refreshing from the people because, well, let's keep going. The next verse. <laughs> and when we had launched from thence, oh, I don't have my map up here. That's fine. Don't go back. Uh, we sailed under Cyprus because the winds were contrary. Now, guys, I, I want you to do a little homework here. You need to start looking these words up. Uh, tempest, you're going to see that in Jonah. We talked about that when we studied Jonah before. Uh, there is some correlation, I believe, just to, in terms of how we see a dude on a ship. And now we see another guy on a ship and just how that panned out for both different, <laughs> but they both did get to their destination, which is because the Lord will win. I told you that earlier. So now biblical journeys will include trouble. Paul knew he needed to get to Rome and tried to recommend a better way, but those over him wouldn't listen. Listen, there are some times, yes, it'd be super easy. We can keep piling on our dear Paul. This is your fault, this is your fault, this is your fault. But the Lord doesn't do that. So I would just advise you, lose that thought, <laughs> okay? If the Lord constantly told you all the ways that you messed up, you wouldn't serve him. You just wouldn't. You get that enough. The world will do you like that already. So the Lord is like, no, I don't have time for that. Let's keep moving. See, times of trouble may not be your fault, but you will have to endure it. And so a lot of you, this is where that victimhood kind of takes over too much, especially among spouses, male or female, it don't matter. Uh, where now it's like, well, it's their fault that my life is awful. And so now that gives you license to no longer serve the Lord the way you need to. Nope. Sorry. I love you. Remember I said I like when you come here. <laughs> I'll give you a hug after, but I'm just telling you. So let's find out where this may have taken place. Let's read through it. Verse five. And when we had sailed over the sea of Sicilia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. And there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy and put us thereon. Uh, Wearsby writes in his book, Be Daring, that this ship is a grain ship. It's huge, big. You're going to see grain is throw, thrown off later. And so now we've changed from this little, uh, little boat to now something larger. And you'll see why, because you're going to see the amount of passengers it has on it. Uh, verse, verse six, and then the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing in Italy, and he put us therein. And, uh, and when he had sailed slowly many days, and scarce were come over against uh, Snidus, the wind not suffering us. Again, 
there's something I want you to do some homework on because you need to know who's in control of the wind. The wind not suffering us, we sailed under Crete over against uh, Salmon. And hardly passing, it came unto a place which is called the Fair Havens, nigh whereunto was the city of Lassia. And now, when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. That lading would be the uh, contents of, on the ship, because remember, this is a, a, a grain ship. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by means they might attain to Phoenice and there to winter, which is an haven of Crete and lie toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, there arose against it a tumultuous wind called Euroclidon, or as uh, maybe more familiar to us, Typhoon. So now just think about that on these little phony boats. <laughs> hmm. You guys ever seen that? Was it a perfect storm? Uh, good Lord. <laughs> Riding up a hundred foot wave. Yeah, scary. Um, so imagine that on this boat of that time period. But God is good. I'm telling you, this is going to pan out. And so, verse 17, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, straight sail, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly, boy, that sure is being mentioned quite a bit, ain't it? Pay attention. The next day they lighted the ship. And the third day we cast with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me. So now there's a fast taking place. And, uh, and so he's kind of getting this on for the whole, for the whole ship here. Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this more harm and loss. Now see, this is, I'm not that guy. Because this, the wind is beating up the ship. We don't, we don't need that extra, Paul. <laughs> you know, thank you. We got it. I'm about to drown up here, and you just, you know, add more to it. Uh, Twenty-two. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. There we go. We could have just skipped that and just went straight to verse twenty-two. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. Boy, look, isn't it interesting when God's children actually stand up and give God glory that he gives platforms even to a prisoner? Why is this guy even talking? I mean, what do we see in the movies? Prisoners start talking to somebody, just slap them in the mouth like, we don't want to hear from you. But now the Lord has given him a platform. Boy, in a trial. Did you hear what I just said? The Lord is giving him a platform in a trial, and that platform is being used to give God glory. Or everybody know around you how hard it is that this trial that you're in is. I'm just saying. Pay attention. He goes on to say in verse 23, for there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am, boy. That, that's like, that should... I love that. And then he goes on to say, and whom I serve. Now, remember, there is enough deadness in probably the winds just so he could be heard. And he's saying this on this ship, saying, fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. Man, preach that, brother. Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. But when the 14th night was come and we were driven up and down in Adria about midnight, the shipmen deemed that the, they drew near to some country. We don't even know. We can't really tell. 
as, as Wearsby writes in his book, it's because they can't really see the sky. It's, it's, it's a storm. Like, so it's, we don't really know. You know that sailors are great with being able to use the sun and the moon in order for navigation to take place. And especially during this time where, you know, maps are probably starting to kind of get developed. Not all of them were correct. Uh, you can see that just if you do study of just original world maps and things like that. But they use these navigation and would have been using that all along. And man, now it's just difficult on purpose. <laughs> 28 and sounded and found it 20 fathoms. So they let out a sound and they get that sound to bounce back and they can measure that and go, okay, this is the distance we are away from land. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again, found it 15 fathoms. Then fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea under color as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship, Paul said to the centurion, to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat. So they had like a little, little boat, you know, like a, like a cruise ship, you know, has safety boats. And they pulled that already up because that, const, that storm was so bad, that little boat could have just been knocking against the hull. And so they needed to pull it up and get it out. So now these cats let it down and they get out and you see what happens. They cut off the ropes of the boat. And it wasn't like necessarily like let them die, but they had made their choice. He had already just proclaimed what God was going to do. You see that? These guys are like, thank you, but no thanks. I'm out. It's much like when you share the gospel and sometimes people go, thank you, I'm out. That doesn't mean that God is done with them or he's mad at them. It just means that at that time, they're just saying, I'm not taking safety that you said is going to come by the Lord. Not unfamiliar, we understand that. But let me tell you something, just so you start to have some understanding of what it is that you're kind of looking at. And you see that the Lord is absolutely using the wind. I don't have this in your notes, but I want you to write this verse down or this set of verses. It's uh, Isaiah 33, 22 to 24. <clears throat> and it says this, listen to me very closely. It says, for the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. Thy tacklings are loose. Oh, wait a minute. We just went to boat talk. <laughs> they could not well strengthen their mast. They could not spread the sail. Then is the prey of a great spoil divided. The lamb take the prey and the inhabitants shall not say I'm sick. The people that dwell therein shall be forgiven their iniquity. See, listen. The Lord is our judge at the beginning is super critical. It is the Lord that controls the wind and the direction of this ship. And it was very necessary for Paul to understand who his savior was again, because remember he kept fiddling around and saying little stuff that he didn't need to say in order to save himself. And the Lord was like, enough. Quiet. I'm gonna change the direction of this ship. Wiersbe even goes on to say in his book that he thinks as much as 500 miles off course. But the Lord is our judge. Listen, believer, even when the tempest comes, it still can be chastening for us. And that's good if dad does that. But now let's take a step back for the journey. On this journey in life with others, and now difficulty that I'm in, and perhaps for those that have those children, those spouses or roommates, whatever, bosses that you're kind of living life with and they're unsaved, the difficulty that you're both in, the Lord is putting you in that place so that a biblical response will show up in order to highlight who the true savior is. You understand that? The Lord God is our judge and he will judge my actions, but he is very much showing his power to all those that will look. This is why I can't just have the trial is the focus. The trial is the focus. You're on a journey. You're on a journey. The trial is not the focus. 
Matthew 14, 24, you know the story. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. Oh, sounds the same, don't it? And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is the spirit. And they cried out for fear. But Jesus spake unto them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And what happened? Begin to seek. The trial is the focus. The trial is the focus. I just took my eyes off the Lord. Paul just said, the Lord said, be of good cheer. It's all good. These guys are like, I, I appreciate that. I'm going to get in this boat. And uh, yeah, <laughs> we out. Cut the rope. Because now everybody on the inside of this boat will make it. Because that's what the Lord said. Believer, listen, you got to have the same kind of just confidence in the Lord's ability. And take your eyes off of the wind and just look to Jesus. This, was, this will help you to not have trial view, viewing. And I can have journey viewing. See, the other thing you need to write down here is our difficult circumstances are only difficult to us, not the Lord. Mark 46. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling in the row. I like that. He saw them toiling. He's not toiling. They are. For the wind was contrary to who? To them. Not me. I'm boss of the wind. See, sometimes a little bit, maybe your prayers lack the desperation that is absolutely necessary is because you think that it's difficult for the Lord to resolve your problem. It is. Let me just reassure you. It is not. It is not. Your trial may be on purpose in order to just simply get you to bow your knee. Prime rib, lay down, let it sizzle. Last two. Biblical journeys will include forward progress. We see this in 33 through 40. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, the day is the 14th day that ye have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. The prisoner got this boat. Wow, man. These guys. All that are still there, including this centurion. Man, you can't tell me God's not good. I mean, this is an incredible story. <laughs> Let me keep going. Verse 34. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health. For there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. When he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then were they all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. And we were all in the ship, 203 score and 16 souls. Big boat. Cruise ship. All of these individuals, the prisoner having the platform. Man. Somebody ought to say, man, but this ain't the kind of church. We don't do that here, really. <laughs> but somebody should. Because I'm telling you, the prisoner having a platform. Man, I'm a prisoner for Christ. And yet I have a platform. Hello, somebody. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Stop focusing on the trial. See, listen. God allowed the prisoner Paul to lead by encouragement and thankfulness, just in the in its simplest form. Man, they break bread. He gives thanks to God amongst all of these cats. 
Yeah. God was going to come through because his glory was being on display. When we put our trust in God and his promises, we maintain our course. Write it down. When we put our trust in God and his promises, we maintain our course. Psalm 140.12 simply says this. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and the right of the poor. Period. There's no reason for you to just walk in this anguish and wear the cloak of sadness and depression constantly. No reason. I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and the right of the poor. Man, God is good. Last one. Biblical journeys will include checkpoints, 41 through 44. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the foreport stuck fast and remained unmovable, but the hinder part was broken with the violence of the ways, and the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners. Now, remember, the, you know, God is good, but people, lost people are still lost people. Okay, so they're going to act lost people-ish at certain times. And the soldiers' council was to kill the prisoners. Now, they also are trying to save their own bacon because they know if they show up in Rome and that they have the counts, they keep the receipts, so to speak, in, in today's language, right? And if they got to Rome with 103 score and, oh, no, it's not, that's a problem. Somebody's dying, right? And so they're like, no, we're going to kill y'all. And then that way we can at least say we killed them. That's why they're not all here kind of thing, right? And so it says, uh, let's see, where am I at? 42. And the soldiers' council was to kill the prisoners, uh, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul. Yeah. Who is it that turns the heart of kings? Yeah, okay. Kept them from their purpose and commanded they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land and the rest some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they all escaped, all safe to land. It came to pass. Who said it? See, Paul made it, and so did all of those that were on the ship, just as God said. And so get this down. The details of life are testaments to God's goodness. And that leads me to in the week, the two weeks of adoration that we want to make sure that we have available to you, what I want you to do, this is going to be the assignment every time that you come to class that you have, and we're just going to do this until we fill these, these sheets up. We're going to put on the board here paper that will allow you to either artistically or just normally, whatever your flavor is, to be able to give God glory and give God praise according to his character. Perhaps there is something that you've been, man, I just want to write it down. This is, praise God for this. Praise God for that. Whatever it is, get it on there. We need to record that because this verse, boy, is a sobering reminder. Psalm 135, 13 says, thy name, O Lord, endure forever and thy memorial, O Lord, throughout all generations. See, perhaps it is that we are able to kind of set aside God's victory and conquering is because that information just stops with us. I'm telling you, listen, there is something very good about the well that is being able to not only be a source of water, uh, uh, provide water, and, and have water in it rather, but then provide source of water. You got it, man. It's a cyclical thing. See, some of you stopped at discipleship and never got the heart to become disciplers or evangelists. The goal in this class is shepherds and evangelists. So how am I doing at getting to that? It's gonna start with Bible study and inviting people to Bible study or events like we had yesterday. Yes, we're not an event-based church. We don't have a lot of that. So the Bible study really is the platform by which we should be doing that. It's easy to forget what God has done when you're not sharing it with anybody. 
Let me say it again. It is easy to forget what God has done when you are not sharing it with anybody. Your salvation is never anything to get over. Abide in death. Because now you have life. Now. Right now. Conquer now. Not later. In the journey now. So whenever it ends, it doesn't matter really. Because I'm winning already. I just double the winnings. They become better. Because now I don't have to have this stupid thing. That I got to put deodorant on and get haircut and all that. You know? And so listen, I, I want full class participation. But let me just say this. I can't make you do anything. I can't. I can just simply make suggestions and you can go, he's crazy. I'm not doing that. We're praying for you. Because you should be fitly joined and compacted. Like we tight, like sardines. We don't smell like that or taste like that. But just packed together, tight. You know what I'm saying? With that little gelatin nastiness, people eat that stuff. Anyway, <laughs> and so, man. Come and put your praise on the, on, on the sheets. Chris is going to get those things uh, installed for us at some point. And I, listen, I, I asked him today, I want to frame them. Pastor James even made mention of what if in the 30-year celebration, we could pull those things out. Man. Isn't it good that God has had this church to be what it is? Yes, we're meeting in a construction zone. We didn't own this just last year. God is good. And so the conclusion is simply this. Don't let the trial make you weary. Remember, you're on a journey. Don't let the trial make you weary. You are on a journey. And yes, you might have had some missteps. You might have messed up along the way, but God is with you. He loves you. You are a conqueror. And he means to, to have you have beautiful uh, uh, memorials that are, man, that you could share with people and it will encourage them to do the same. And so I pray that you would do that uh, this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you uh, just for your word today. And Father, I, I do pray that we would just consider what it is that you've uh, laid on our hearts this morning. God, help us to just have a higher viewpoint, a view like you have. Um, Lord, we need your eyes. We need your heart. We need your mind. Lord, we just need you. And Lord, be the lens by which we see everything. Lord, we know that that's a process. And so, Lord, we ask for grace to just be able to do that. Lord, there will be times that we'll be wanting to quit. But Lord, we must live in the victory that you gave us on Calvary. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.